uh, different elements that come with the Christmas season, the candle lighting and the, and the videos from the kids. And it just reminds us of all of these things kind of work together to remind us of really the joy that we celebrate at Christmas, that God sent his son Jesus to be the Savior of the world. Before we get into this morning's message, I want, to take, I want to invite you to take out your bulletin. In your bulletin, you'll find a blue connection card. And uh, if you don't mind, just take a minute and fill that out. After the service, you can uh, leave that on the pew beside you, and the ushers will come around and pick those up. Um, on the back, you can request information or leave us a prayer request or a praise report. And if you are a, a guest with us here this morning, this will give us uh, some information to welcome you to the church. And so if you don't mind, take a minute and fill that out. As you're doing that, I might draw uh, some attention to s- some announcements. First of all, the College Young Adult Group has the gathering this afternoon at 1.30. And also, uh, next, also this Friday is uh, the College Young Adult Christmas Party, and Stephen Okamoto has uh, all the information that you might need on that. It's actually going to be at Chelsea and my house, so a uh, little change on the, um, on the uh, bulletin, but uh, that'll be Friday. That's a fun time. This time of year, there is always a lot of Christmas stuff, right? Couple of a uh, couple of flyers that are in the, in the program. First of all, uh, the, the one on the Christmas here, the daily devotionals are still available. Now, let me make a note on Christmas Eve and Christmas Sunday. Christmas, uh, Christmas Day falls on a Sunday this year. And so what we have decided to do is Christmas Eve and Christmas morning will be very similar services. In fact, it'll be the same music and the same sermon. We'll have candle lighting Christmas Eve. But this is meant to, I know a lot of people have uh, family traditions on Christmas Day. And so if it is more convenient for you to come Christmas Eve to church, uh, we want to encourage you to do that and then, be, then feel free to go and to attend your family Christmas stuff Sunday morning. If you want to come to both, because man, it's just such a great message, got to hear it twice, you're more than welcome. But I'm just giving you the heads up, it's going to be very similar Christmas Eve and Christmas uh, morning. And next Sunday is kind of the big day. Next Sunday is uh, the, our Sunday where the choir sings and all of these uh, special elements take place, so uh, uh, don't miss that. Harvesters, this afternoon is the Christmas story. You have a, a, have a flyer in the um, bulletin for that as well. And so they are meeting here. Um, or, are, are you guys meeting at the church in Pomona or are you meeting here? Does anyone know? Um, I'm looking for someone that might know that. They meet at the church at 3.30? Okay. Go ahead, Audrey. Okay, you're leaving after church today from here. Okay. So, this, so uh, if you want some more information, talk to Audrey. But uh, there will be carpools that will leave after church uh, today. And then one last thing. Oh, go ahead, no West Covina Bible study tonight. Okay, we have a lot of we have extra time, so this is good. We're taking a lot of time for announcements. Uh, uh, one more thing here today, uh, and this is a new one. This is the first time, at least to my knowledge, I'm pretty sure this is the first time this church has ever done it, uh, a New Year's Eve party. 
So we're going to have a New Year's Eve party. It's on the back side of the Christmas uh, uh, flyer. And December 31st, it starts at 7 o'clock. And this is a pop-in type thing. It goes from 7 to midnight. So that's a long party. And uh, so you can stay that whole time if you want to say, you know what, midnight's too late for me. I'm going to celebrate the uh, new year with my eyes closed. That's okay. Uh, if you got other uh, plans for dinner, that's okay too. But we're going to gather here together at the church from 7 to midnight and all kinds of stuff. We'll have a dinner, potluck dinner, worship, testimonies, a short movie, and then a lot of games. And it'll be a fun time uh, together. So make note of that. I think it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a fun time. You know, a great time for fellowship. And, uh, and I guarantee you, you'll have a good time. And so um, keep that in mind. Okay, I'll, I'll stop there with uh, the announcements this morning. When Kinsey was uh, born, it was a very different experience for me than when Dawson was born. When Dawson was born, we went to the hospital, and it was like 24 hours of hard labor. I mean, we were there, felt like a long time. When Kinsey was born, we went in, a couple hours, she was ready to greet the world. I mean, it was quick. Another difference for me when, when uh, Dawson was born, I was kind of on the side. This was all very new experience. I grew up on a farm, and so... I'd seen a lot of pigs give birth, but a person, this was a, this was a whole other experience. And so I was kind of on the side. I didn't, know quite how to, uh, I didn't know quite how to take all of this. When the baby was bo- when Dawson was born, I didn't know if I was allowed to go and hold him or if I had to let the nurses do their thing. When Kinsey was born, I was there. I was ready. I was like the quarterback waiting to receive the, <laughs> receive the hike from the center. And as soon as that baby was born, I took her up in my arms and, uh, and I remember when I held her in my arm, I mean, just a couple, uh, you know, just right away, such a feeling of joy to think that this was my baby girl, that God had blessed us. Now, let's be honest, babies aren't real cute when they're first born, all right? <laughs> but I remember just thinking how beautiful she was because she was, she was my, and to have that kind of joy. I just couldn't keep it. I just, I just, it was like an overwhelming feeling. I stayed the night with Chelsea, and then the, early the next morning, I went home to get Dawson to relieve the grandparents. They were the ones that were watching Dawson, and uh, we were all going to go to the hospital and meet this new uh, baby girl. But before I even went in the house, I just, I had this feeling. It was this carryover, carryover of this joy that I wanted to let the whole neighborhood know that we had a new baby girl. But the verse in Proverbs came to mind, a loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a curse. (laughs) And so I, I didn't go banging on doors or stand on the roof. But what came to mind was we had these big banners that you guys had made us for our, our, our baby shower. In fact, I brought the biggest one here. You want to help me out, Eric? Okay, just to, just to rem- Okay, so take this and unroll it. I took these. We had three of these banners. They are big banners. And I taped them to the garage door. And I thought, this will be my way of letting people know that we had a new... Ba- and I let them hang there for a long time. I let them hang there for weeks. I just was, wanted the whole neighborhood to know. All right, thanks, Eric. And, um, and it worked, actually. 
I had people stopping me on the street. Hey, I see you guys had a new baby. Congratulations and all of this. But uh, in light of all of that, my question for us this morning is, can we spread our joy? Can joy be transferred from one person to another? My innate feeling that morning obviously was yes. I had this joy that I wanted the whole neighborhood to know about. And I wonder if this was some of the same motivation that God had for sending, his, to sending angels to appear to the shepherds on the morning when his son was born. We read in uh, Luke chapter 2, and I'm sure there's theological, re- theological re- reasons for this as well, but I think part of it was just emotional. That the angels said to them, the angels said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. You see, I think that God had so much joy that morning that he just wanted to tell somebody about it. And he chose these shepherds that were out in the field. And my hope as uh, we look at this verse and the surrounding verses, my hope is that this morning we would take this idea of Christmas joy and we might be intentional to think throughout this Christmas season, we got a couple more weeks Throughout this Christmas season, my desire is to spread this joy to those around me. And that hopefully is a fun application, but I know that it's easier said than done. Like with the busyness of this year, I know that for me at least, it is very easy to just kind of, okay, we're going to go to this party, we're going to do this, we're going to, these are our traditions, and we just kind of go through it. But my hope is this morning that we would think about Jesus being the Savior and it would fill us with joy and we might have that desire to spread that joy to those around us, to our family, to our co-workers, to neighbors, that we might be creative in thinking, how can I let those friends and family around me know about the joy that I, that I uh, experience at Christmas? So we're going to look at this passage in Luke chapter 2. But before we read it any further, let me just take a minute and pray for us. Father God, as we look at this passage this morning, it is a passage that is so full of joy. And I pray that that your Spirit would work in our hearts to help us just to realize all that you have done for us. And God, I pray that uh, you would... Bless us, bless the reading of this word, bless us as we consider these things, and help us to feel that joy, and and then have the desire to share it with those that we know and love. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to talk, we have three points to the message this morning, uh, three points around this idea of joy spreading, joy overflowing. The first I've touched on already, and that is God's joy spreads to the shepherds. And we see this in Luke chapter 2, and I want to start by reading verses 8 through 14. This is God's joy spreads to the shepherds. Luke 2, starting at verse 8. This is a familiar uh, Christmas story, this is, and, uh, but let me read it again to refresh our memory. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, 
and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Can you imagine what it would have felt like to be one of those shepherds that morning? as the angel appears in the sky. And then not, then not only one angel, but the sky lights up with angels. It talks about uh, there being a great uh, company of heavenly hosts. Hosts in the Bible, this is just a little uh, biblical background information for you. Sometimes we read hosts. Hosts is another word for army. You read the Lord of armies, and the, or the Lord of hosts in the Old Testament. It's the Lord of armies. It, it represents thousands of people. And uh, here we have a great company of heavenly hosts. In other words, thousands upon thousands of angels. And they just light up the sky. And what a magnificent thing to witness. And they come and they appear to these shepherds. Now why do you think that God sent uh, the angels to the shepherds. The shepherds were not that great of guys. Sometimes we get this idyllic picture in our minds that these shepherds were just had this really nice job where they get to lounge around on green grass and chew pieces of straw and watch these little fluffy sheep on the on the hills. No, this was a tough job. These were these were uh, these were rough characters when we think of the shepherds. One summer when I was in school, I worked at a steel factory. And, uh, and I mean, the guys that worked at the steel factory were rough dudes. I mean, they, this was a hard job. We, we made these big pieces of rebar, and it was a hot metal building. I mean, this was in the summer. It was so hot in there. And we're hauling around all day, hauling around these big pieces of metal, sticking them in machines to be, uh, to be uh, uh, bent so that they would build these, you would use these things for building bridges. But I got to know some of the guys in this uh, building well, and they were rough dudes. I mean, this was a hard job, and some of them had experienced some pretty difficult things in life. And, uh, and I always wanted to make sure I didn't give one of them the wrong look, because you always felt like these guys were about to shove you up against the wall and shake you down. And, uh, and every other word had four letters, if you know what I mean. And uh, sucking down cigarettes like it was crucial to their oxygen intake. I mean, these, these, whatever your stereotypical rough guy Im- images, these were, these were the guys. Kind of like, have you ever seen the show on the Des- Discovery Channel, The Deadliest Catch? Now, those are rough dudes. Those are, I mean, they lit, they're crab fishermen out on the Bering Sea. I mean, these, I think of crab fishermen and steel factory workers and shepherds have all kind of been the same mold of person. I mean, these are, these are rough dudes. And so why would God choose to send his angels to the shepherds? You'd think he'd maybe send them to the religious rulers or some prince in a palace. I think the reason he sent them to the shepherds is because it wouldn't take the shepherds a lot of convincing to know that they needed a Savior. I mean, they knew 
that they had not lived righteous lives. And, they, and these type of people are the, the type of people that God sent his son for. The shepherd, the angels announce, I bring you good news of great joy. And what is that news? It's basically uh, verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The reason that, they, that this is such good news is because God was sending his son as a Savior. And the shepherds would have known that they needed a Savior. They would have known that they were sinful people. It says that when the angels appeared to them, they were terrified. I mean, these guys were shaken in their boots. And it wasn't just because there was an angel before them. It was because, as it says here, that the glory of the Lord shone around them. Whenever people encounter the glory of God, they realize their own sinfulness. Isaiah is, uh, receives a revelation of God's glory in Isaiah 6, and the f- words that uh, come out of his mouth, Woe to me, for I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of glory. Here the shepherds are before the glory of God, and they know that they don't deserve to stand in his midst. They realize their sinfulness. And these are the type of people that God sent his Son for. In fact, if we really look at our own lives, we might say, oh yeah, I surely am not as bad as the shepherds. But the more quickly we realize that we are sinful, the more quickly that we realize that we stand before, uh, when we stand before the glory of God, there is nothing we can say and do to earn our own salvation, the more quickly we will be on the path of that, uh, towards God's salvation. Because the first step of salvation is always to recognize one's own uh, fallenness, one's own sinfulness, and to humble oneself. And to cry out to God and say, I need a Savior. And this is what we see happen to the shepherds. This is what we see happen in anyone's life when they give their hearts to the Lord. And one day, all of us will stand before God's glory. But even now, we stand in the presence of God all around us. And when we turn to the Lord, then we are on the, re- on the path towards real joy. One of the people I knew that... Uh, that was most filled with joy was a guy by the name of Dale Harley. That's a, I mean, that's a great name, Dale Harley. And uh, I met Dale right after he had gotten released from prison. And, uh, and I could just tell he was looking for something. I mean, I just kind of was talking with this guy. And uh, I was working at a place that, that gave out uh, food and clothing to those that were in need. And so he came in looking, and I got talking to him, and I just, was let, I just said, Dale, you want to meet for Bible study sometime? And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that with you. And so we met, and we just started reading the Bible. And one day it clicked, and he, got, he, he just understood, like, God loves me. And I can give my life to God and he can come into my life. And I have never seen somebody so filled with joy. And a pretty soon, uh, it was, wasn't about a week later, he said, do you mind if I can bring some of my family and some of the people I know to this Bible study? Within a few weeks, we were meeting in his living room and it was like standing room only. 
for this Bible study. And it wasn't because it was a great Bible study. I didn't even do any prep work. I just read the verses and asked some questions. It was because this person's life had been changed and he was so full of joy. He told everybody he met that God had changed his life and that God loved them. And I think we see a similar type thing happen in these rough characters in the shepherds. All of a sudden, their whole outlook changes. They begin to act on the, on the good news that they had received. So the second point we might uh, make in this message about joy overflowing is that it goes from God to the shepherds to those that the shepherds meet. The shepherd's joy spreads to Mary and all the people. And we see that here in verses uh, 15 through 20. Luke 2, 15 says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So we see that the shepherds receive the message, and they go and seek, what, uh, seek out to find what they had been told about. We see that all kinds of people heard their message, and they were amazed by what they heard. And then we see that Mary treasured up all these things, and they pondered them and pondered these things in her heart. How we receive God's message, God's revelation in our own lives is very crucial. Oftentimes, God is revealing himself to us, and we don't take the time to recognize it. I think this is an everyday thing that we experience all the time. In fact, a couple years ago, I went through a Bible study with um, some people here at the church. Some of you uh, did this with me. And one of the things we did in this Bible study is as we went to sleep every night, we asked ourselves a couple questions. Where did God show up today? Where did I see the love of God in my life? And sometimes it would take us a while to pause and to, to remember. But if we took time every day, we could recognize that God revealed himself to us in one way or another. It might have simply been in a, in a kid's smile it might have been in a word of encouragement or challenge from somebody. It could have been safety on the road. We could have got in a car accident and maybe we didn't. It could have been in a song we heard on the radio or in a Bible. It could have been a whole number of things. But my point is, the problem of us recognizing God's revelation is not that God is not making himself clear enough to us. It's oftentimes we're so busy in life that we never take the time to actually look around us in our daily activities to say, wow, God really is showing me his love all the time. Chelsea's pretty good at, um, at uh, kind of making note of these type of things. Oftentimes we'll do this type of examination as during the evening after the kids have gone to bed and stuff. And so she was looking through her, uh, her journal, and she noticed a Kinsey's birthday was on October 1st. And she, no- and she was looking back in her journal, and uh, two years to the day on October 1st, before Kinsey was born, 
uh, she had written down in her journal that we had told Dawson that he would be a big brother. And, uh, and what, now obviously this is some fuzzy math. She wasn't pregnant for two years. But what had happened was we had had a miscarriage. In fact, we had met with the doctor a few times. And, uh, and we had almost come to the conclusion the doctor was not real confident that we would ever be able to have another child. And so when we look back on that, journal, on that journal entry and we noticed that it was two years to the day that Kinsey was born, I said, that is not coincidence. That is the Lord. And God is showing him, if we just have eyes to see, God is revealing himself to us all the time, showing us that he loves us. In, fa- in fact, our reaction to God's revelation can change our lives. That's why I just want to challenge us. Let's open up our eyes. Let's at least on Sunday morning when we come together for worship, take a moment to think back on our week and say, what has God done for me this week? Our reaction to God's revelation can change our lives. This is what happened to the shepherds. They took the revelation of God and they they acted upon it and their lives were never the same. But it doesn't have to take angels in the sky. In fact, the psalmist said, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth knowledge. (coughs) Excuse me. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. And what he's talking about is the sun and the stars and the moon. All of these things declare the glory of God. And so where is God revealing himself to us? Well, the greatest revelation that we have ever ever received or will ever receive of God's love is the sending of his son. And so may we at this time of Christmas do as Mary did and ponder these things in our hearts that God sent his son Jesus into this world. So that leads us to our third point of joy overflowing and that is may our Christmas joy spread to those in our lives. May our Christmas joy spread around to, the, to those that we know in our lives. That's, that's going to be my application this morning. And hopefully this is a fun application. You know, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about this for a couple minutes here, okay? But my hope is that, our, that our, we would leave this room and say, you know what? I'm not going to just let this Christmas season slide, but I'm going to be intentional about, being, about spreading my joy to those that I know. And so we don't have any new verses to read, but I want us to read verses 10 and 11 together. We're going to read this aloud. And the blanks in the, in the verses, you're going to put your name, okay? So you, everybody's going to read it slightly different. You're going to put your name in this, and we're going to read it together. And the, and the, exerc- and the point of this little exercise of reading this together is for this to just kind of sink into our hearts for a moment, that God sent his son Jesus for you and for me, for all of us, individually, so that we might receive him as our Savior and Lord. So let's read these verses uh, together. This is Luke chapter uh, 2, verses 10 and 11. And it says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for Corey. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to Corey. He is the Messiah, the Lord. 
Okay, that's our exercise, all right? Should we do it one more time? We didn't sound too good. We better do, we didn't, uh, we'd better do that again, all right? Let's do that one more time. Okay, here we go. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for Corey. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to Corey. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now that is the truth of the gospel. That is the whole reason Jesus came. He came uh, as a Savior for our sins. Sometimes we say we've lost the meaning of, we've lost the spirit of Christmas or the meaning of Christmas. And by that, what we mean is there's too many gifts, there's too many uh, activities, there's too many parties. I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is that we don't let ourselves truly understand the real joy of Christmas, and that is the Savior. And so here's my challenge to you this year. I want you to go all out. This is your application. Go all out. Buy a lot of presents. As the Lord has blessed you, I'm not saying max out your credit card, but buy some presents this year. Go to a lot of parties. And as you go, have this spirit of joy. Tell people, the reason I am giving you a gift this year is because I want you to know that Jesus loves you. And uh, the reason I'm going to all these parties is just because I want to spread the joy of Christmas. Jesus was once asked when he was on earth why he didn't uh, fast. How is, it that you're dis- how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is still with them? In other words, when he was on this earth, it was not the time to fast. And during Christmas, it's not the time to fast. It's not the time to be cheap. It's not the time to be gloomy. This is the time to celebrate and to, and to uh, share our joy, to think about our salvation, to ponder it, and to pass it on. And so here's some ideas. Maybe you make a plate of cookies, cookies and you give it to your neighbors. Maybe you buy all your coworkers just a little uh, present. Maybe you, you spend a little extra and you buy your kids uh, a gift that is kind of out of the ordinary this year. Maybe you invite someone to church with you or you invite them to a family Christmas party. Or maybe you, maybe you invite someone over this year for uh, just a, a, a dinner celebration. Someone that you maybe doesn't have anywhere else to go or maybe just somebody that you want to reach out to, but it is all in the name of the joy of, of the Spirit of Christmas. That you do it so that they might come to understand, maybe even in some small way, that God loves them. And God's going to pour it out, uh, His love through you. Now that doesn't put any responsibility on you. You don't have to cause anyone to believe. You don't have to cause anyone to understand what you're trying to do. That's the work of the Spirit. What your job is, is just to just to seek to spread it, to be generous. In fact, I guarantee you a lot of people won't fully get it. I was putting Dawson to bed the other night, and so I'm laying in bed, and he's, Dawson really likes to procrastinate at bedtime. He's a very fast person all throughout the day, but man, his speed slows way down at bedtime. So he's going on and on about all the gifts he wants for Christmas, and He's telling me about all this stuff, and I, and I say, yeah, man, Dawson, that'd be awesome. You'll probably get some of that stuff. But you know what? 
the greatest present that you could ever receive is to receive Jesus into your life. And he says, no, Dad, I want, I want a car ramp. And, uh, I, and I said, yeah, uh, you know what, Dawson? Car ramps are awesome. And I, I, you'll probably get a car ramp, actually. Maybe. We'll, we'll hope you get a car ramp. But even better than a car ramp would be to receive Jesus into your life. And he says, Dad, I'm not talking about a person. I'm talking about presence here. <laughs> now... Six-year-old kids, and maybe your co- maybe some of the, a lot of people aren't going to get it, but you know what? Let's just put that in God's hands, and let's just be joyful and be generous and seek to share the love of God with others. You know what? I think God's really glorified when we when we look like uh, Him and being generous to others. Verse twenty, and I'll close with this verse. It says. The shepherds returned. In other words, they went back to their everyday activities. They went back to their fields. They didn't all of a sudden stop being shepherds. And it might be that we don't actually do anything new, but we just do do our every year activities around Christmas, but we do them with a different attitude. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. So never has there been a more generous gift than God sending his son. And we honor God when we are generous like he is. Let's pray. (coughs) Father God, as we think about all these things around Christmas, man, we have a lot to be thankful for. You have blessed us in so many ways. And most importantly, we remember this morning that the greatest gift that we have ever received is the gift of your son, Jesus. And I pray that as we look forward to these next couple weeks and we look forward to Christmas Day and then family activities and work parties and parties with friends and all of these things that will be taking place, I pray that you would help us not to miss an opportunity, but just to determine in our hearts that to the best of our ability and with your Spirit's help, we're going to seek to bring the joy of Christmas into every one of those those opportunities. And that we will be intentional about being creative and thinking about how we can share your love to those that we know. And so we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.